Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited-time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited-time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Hello, America, and happy Sunday. Welcome to the Sunday Brunch Edition. We've got a good one for you today. Earlier this week, in partnership with the Association of Mature American Citizens, also known as AMAC, as you know, Bobby Charles and Rebecca Weber and the great gang there, really important strategic partners with us here at Just the News. Well, we had our fourth presidential town hall of the month. Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, joined us. Rebecca Weber was my co-host for this. We've adapted it specially for this podcast. We hope you enjoy the next hour of conversation, a very rich, deep, robust conversation about policy, substance with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis right after these messages. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. Hey folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now. 
with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time, go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Welcome back, America, to this Just the News AMAC presidential town hall rep. As promised, the very popular governor of Florida is joining us right now, Governor Ron DeSantis. Governor, great to have you on the show today. Hey, thanks for having me. How are you guys doing? We are well. Better that you're here. We have so many questions with this incredible campaign now out playing out there. But I want to start on foreign policy, a place where you have uh, had a lot of track record. You served. You've talked a lot about the differences and how you would approach uh, national security compared to some of the other people on the stage with this Israel moment now. You were out there yesterday or two days ago getting Israelis back to the United States when the Biden administration failed to have a rescue plan. Meanwhile, our Secretary of State, Tony Blinken, he was talking about, well, maybe we should get an aid package to Palestinian. Are the values uh, misaligned in the Biden administration? It's just unbelievable. So when this when the attack happens, obviously a major event, Florida, we've got a lot of Floridians that go over to Israel. We've got very close ties, but between Florida and Israel. So I knew that this was something that was going to impact our state directly. And I was really, quite frankly, shocked at how little the embassy and the State Department was doing in the days after to help the people who were stranded or caught in harm's way. So last week we did an executive order where I scrambled our emergency response resources in Florida, and we arranged to launch flights from Israel so that we can bring Floridians and other Americans back to the state of Florida. So we ended up on Sunday night, we did 271 passengers. The interesting thing about that, 91 of those were children. Uh, you had some families, five or six children that were kind of caught in this. So so they were very, very thankful. We'll do many hundreds more in the ensuing days. But, you know, the thing about it is what the State Department finally said they would do. Well, they could take you to Cyprus or they could take you and dump you in Greece. But then they're going to send you a bill for that. And I'm just thinking to myself, OK, first of all, what are these people going to do in Greece? A lot of them have no no they, they don't know anything about Greece. They want to get home. But second of all, if you're an illegal alien, you come across that border, they will fly you around at no charge to the illegal alien. They will put that on the U.S. taxpayer. They'll put illegal aliens up in nice hotels at the cost of the U.S. taxpayer. And they don't charge the illegal alien yet leaving a war zone, our own citizens, they're sticking them with the bill. So it shows you just how this administration thinks. And then now for their main priority to be sink taxpayer money into the Gaza Strip, and they claim it's, quote, humanitarian assistance, but we know Hamas runs the show down there. You are aiding Hamas when you're sending tax dollars down there. So I've been very clear uh, over the last week First, no uh, Gaza refugees in the United States. And second, no taxpayer money to Gaza. They still have people that are being held hostage. Our own people, U.S. citizens are being held hostage. A lot of Israelis, of course, are being held hostage. Why would you want to pump money um, into the coffers of the Hamas organization, which any money that goes down there, any of those groups will all get commandeered 
by Hamas. So uh, the administration's really flailing around. I mean, they didn't even wake Biden up on the morning that this happened. He slept in, didn't take the 2 a.m. phone call like a president needs to do. He was missing in action through most of the next few days. And he came out uh, earlier in the week saying, we're going to stand with Israel. They have a right to fight this evil. But behind the scenes now, they're kneecapping Israel's ability uh, to fight back. They don't want to see Israel completely eradicate Hamas. And it's clear in their actions behind the scenes that that's what they're trying to avoid. But the only way this thing eventually ends uh, is the complete destruction of Hamas. If you just go in there and do some volleys and you wound Hamas, they're going to come back and they're going to do this again. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Governor. Thank you so much for being with us here tonight for this presidential Hall. Now, Governor, you have said that you would send special forces into Mexico on day one to combat drug cartels. And some policy experts have warned that such an action could spark a diplomatic crisis. What action would you take to ensure that sending in special forces wouldn't result in a disaster like Benghazi, where Americans were killed? Well, I think we already have a diplomatic crisis because we have 100,000 plus Americans that are dying uh, drug overdose deaths. Most of the drugs are coming from Mexico. Most of it is the fentanyl that's being brought in here. The Biden administration doesn't really care much about that, but I do because I've met these angel moms who have lost uh, kids to fentanyl overdose. And the thing about this is, is you know, you addiction's a tough thing. And this clearly, there are people that that are addicted to drugs that overdose. But the thing with fentanyl is, you're finding high school students, college students, maybe they're. Uh, stressed out, someone says, take a pill. They don't think it's fentanyl, but it happens to be laced with fentanyl. They could die just with that. We had an 18-month-old baby in Florida. A uh, family was renting an Airbnb unit, crawling on the carpet, and there happened to be fentanyl residue left over from the previous tenant, and the baby died. So Americans are being killed. We have every right to defend um, our people, and we have a lot of leverage that we can use vis-a-vis -vis Mexico. I don't think Biden has done anything to hold Mexico accountable. You couldn't have 7 million plus illegal aliens come across the border since Biden's been president if Mexico was being a good partner. No, Mexico is helping to facilitate um, a lot of those folks coming in. So I think Mexico uh, bears some responsibility for their inaction, and we're going to use all the leverage we need to to be able to engineer a successful outcome for the American people. But the idea that we can just continue on the status quo and, and just watch as Americans die with this poison being brought in, you know, that's unacceptable. The other thing I've also said that we're going to do is we're going to have a maritime task force where we're going to have maritime assets to potentially interdict some of the shipments of the precursor chemicals that are going into Mexico. Those chemicals are oftentimes from China. Uh, the cartels get it, and that's how they make the finalized products with the fentanyl. Uh, I, I wanna get in that game too, and I wanna be able to disrupt the cartels in any way that we can. So you mentioned China, and you've laid out a pretty comprehensive plan of how you wanna deal with China, whether it's the precursors or their efforts to cheat in the marketplace, or they're launching an effort to poison the minds of our children through social media and other sites. Uh, there is an implicit war on the American public from China. What are the key components of your plan to combat China to put America on strong footing in that relationship? Well, the first thing is, is we just have to recognize with everything going on in the Middle East, with the specter of terrorism right in front of us. That's obviously an issue. There's issues in Europe. We see all this stuff. 
But the number one global threat to this country is the Chinese Communist Party. There's no other country that's capable of competing with the United States on economy and on military. Now, they haven't caught us in either of those yet, but on the current trajectory under the Biden policies, uh, China this decade will likely pass us. And if that happens, the 21st century will be a Chinese century. That is not just something where we're looking for bragging rights to say, oh, we're the top superpower. If China is able to dominate the world economy, if China's military is the strongest in the world, that will impact the lives of American families from coast to coast. So this is really important that we win this decade uh, and fend off the threat posed by the CCP. So what we're going to do is a few things. One, we need more hard military power in the Indo-Pacific. We have to deny China's ambitions uh, in the region, and we don't have adequate military strength there now. Uh, I would do a buildup there so that China's not able to advance its ambitions. I would also ensure that our economy is not dependent on China for things that are so important. Uh, we need our economic independence back. Elites in this country allowed China to absorb so many key things and be really the sole provider of a lot of really important things and items that we need for our own country and other countries need for theirs. Uh, and you know, people in America on Wall Street got rich, but it hollowed out the country and it's made us very, very vulnerable. So we're gonna reverse those policies. You know, we're gonna have a policy to decouple the US economy from China. You know, that's something that's gonna be done methodically, deliberately in ways that, um, you know, are gonna minimize disruptions here at home, but it has to be done because the trajectory we're on doesn't work. And then finally, on the cultural front, they uh, wield a lot of power over our own society. I mean, you mentioned social media. They're trying to buy things like farmland in Florida. I signed legislation. We've banned the CCP from buying any land in Florida, not just farmland. They get involved in our universities, and we've fought back against that in Florida by banning things like these so-called Confucius Institutes, which are really just uh, programs that the CCP will fund in universities and it just serves as a way to spread CCP propaganda. They've gotten involved in academic research. Of course, they steal our trade secrets. So we just have to wise up to see how the CCP uh, exerts itself here in our own country. I mean, they have their own police stations in parts of our country for Pete's sake. How did we allow that to happen? So it's gonna be a whole new approach, but it is gonna be an approach that just recognizes the reality. You know, Biden acts like, oh, we want China, they, that somehow the U.S. wants China to do well, that this is like a friendly competition. No, China has serious ambitions, and their ambitions can only be achieved at the expense of the United States of America. Yeah, important. Thank you. Governor, so many people over the age of 65 are suffering under Biden inflation because they're very dependent on their Social Security check. And Social Security is on track to be insolvent by 2033. Now, if Congress does nothing, that will result in a 23% benefit cut if Congress does not address this problem. As president, what action would you take to preserve the solvency of Social Security for American seniors? Well, first, I think the seniors who are getting benefits need to know that, that those benefits are going to be there for them. Promises have been made, and those promises need to be kept. In Florida, I know quite a bit about people on Social Security. We've, we've got a lot of elderly people here, uh, basically a lot of my big supporters uh, over the years. And I think back to my grandmother who lived till 91, Social Security was her sole source of income. And that's true for millions of seniors around this, around this country. So it's really, really important. So we're going to do a few things. 
One, we are going to tackle the inflation because what's happened is the inflation goes up. Yes, seniors get a cost of living adjustment, but it is not adequate to be able to keep up with the increased costs at the grocery store that they're seeing for other items. So we are going to lower inflation by spending less money with the Congress, by getting Bidenomics off the backs of the economy, particularly small businesses, and by opening up American domestic energy production, the full-scale production of oil gas, uh, lowering gas prices, lowering energy prices. That will lower inflation. uh, That will lower interest rates. That will make the Social Security benefits go further, and it will allow us to refinance our debt, the interest on our debt, in ways that are more manageable. Because what's happened since the COVID spending spree, we used to do a couple hundred billion a year on servicing the debt. Now that's 700, 800 billion. It's going to end up being a trillion dollars on the current trajectory. That's going to be more than uh, that we spend on our military. That's not, that doesn't work. That puts everything the government does in jeopardy. A couple other things we're going to do. You know, when I was in Congress, I had signed uh, uh, co-sponsor legislation. Social security benefits should be tax-free. You've already paid into the system. If you're getting benefits, they shouldn't come back and tax you on the back end. So I would make those benefits tax-free. The other thing is, is I don't think seniors who want to keep working should be penalized uh, for doing that and have some costs of their benefits. And so we, the, the Let Seniors Work Act is something that, that I would wanna be doing. But don't let anyone tell you that somehow Social Security is the reason why our debt's gone up so much in the last five or six years. It's because Congress has spent trillions and trillions of dollars over and above what anyone was projecting. And they did that in ways that were counterproductive, that led to the inflation. And of course, for decades, Congress has taken money out of Social Security, the surpluses, and spent it on other things. So we need a real Congress in uh, to make sure that that all these important programs and priorities are able to be met. All right, folks, more with our exclusive interview with Ron DeSantis, Florida governor and GOP 2024 presidential candidate, right after these messages. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add Lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a healthcare provider. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. 
Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Sir, you have brought a lot of accountability to state government in Florida. You fire people that don't follow the law. You have reigned in spending. Uh, the federal bureaucracy is a monstrosity, as you remember when you were in Congress. What are some of your thoughts on reshaping it, resizing it, shrinking it down? Do you have some agencies in mind that you might uh, just put on the chopping block? Department of Education, uh, you know, that that would be one that I would love to be able to, to sign legislation to sunset that. Uh, energy, commerce. I mean, look, I, I, I think we can go as, as far as the Congress wants to go on some of that. Uh, clearly, agencies like education have not worked uh, since they were created in the late 1970s. And we understand education should be a state and local issue. Uh, one of the things I'm going to do is every cabinet secretary is going to be ordered to reduce their footprint of bureaucrats in D.C. area by 50 percent. Some of that will be reducing the total number of employees writ large in the agency through attrition. Some of it may be laying off. Some of it may be transferring to other parts of the country. But we've had this massive accumulation of power in D.C., and it's been really, really toxic. So we want to take power out of D.C., shift it around the country. The other thing is we're going to take 50,000 employees who are involved in policy, recategorize them as Schedule F, they will be able to be terminated at will uh, without regard to civil service. And so that will give the president the ability uh, to really ensure that the bureaucracy isn't kneecapping our, our agenda. I do think the president has Article II power uh, to more forcefully discipline and fire federal employees. It's one thing to have those protections if like you have a supervisor in the Department uh, of Agriculture that you have certain protections, but the president is the one that gets the electoral votes president's the one that has executive power. Uh, if you're not doing the job, you know, you should be held accountable. So we're going to be asserting Article II power in ways that I think this current Supreme Court would, would find agreeable uh, and that would reshift the balance away from the permanent bureaucracy back to the elected president. At the end of the day, the founding fathers created three branches of government, legislative, executive, judicial. They did not create a fourth branch of government. They did not create an administrative state that basically governs us without our consent and regardless of the outcome of elections, they impose their will on us. That needs to end and we need to reconstitutionalize this government. Uh, I'll be somebody that will be leaning in on this for day one, but I also understand these guys are not gonna give up power willingly. They've accumulated a lot of power over many, many decades. To go in there and tame this beast, you gotta be focused, you gotta be disciplined, you got to have a cadre of people surrounding you that can serve in government by the hundreds, if not by the thousands. And you got to know that this is going to be a daily battle day after day for not just four years, but really for for full uh, two term eight year presidency. Uh, and I think anything short of that, uh, we're not going to get the job done. So I understand constitutional authority. I'm willing to use the levers of power. I showed that in Florida. Uh, by making really strong decisions in ways that previous governors had not been willing to do. And we'll do the same thing as president. Thank you so much, sir. Our next question comes from Karen Rogale. She's a chapter delegate with AMAC Action, and she has this question to ask. Hello, my name is Karen Rogale. I am a chapter delegate with AMAC Action from the state of California. And my question is, what is your plan for Ukraine? Thank you. 
Well, Karen, thank you for the question. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, my plan for Ukraine, I've said many times, is, you know, when I become president, I'm going to bring this to a conclusion. Uh, I think what Biden is doing is his policy is a blank check for as long as it takes. People are saying this is going to go on for another four or five years. Uh, that will end up costing this country probably a half a trillion dollars. But nobody is arguing that the ultimate resolution in terms of the facts on the ground is going to be much different than what we're looking at here today. Every time you're involved in something like this, there's a cost to what you can do in other parts of the world. China, for example, uh, we've been drawing down ammunition. We've been drawing down weapon stocks in ways that you're not able to do things to fortify our position in the Far East. I think you hear a lot about what China thinks of the conflict. I think China wants to see that conflict drag on. I think they wanna see the West expend a, a lot of resources. Uh, I think they, quite frankly, don't mind if Russia gets weakened a little more because Russia will end up just being more of a client of China. So I think it's in China's interest that this thing drags on. I think it's in our interest that we bring it to a conclusion uh, in a way that, you know, Ukraine will, of course, retain sovereignty. We're not going to have wars breaking out in Europe, but it's not going to require um, us to put hundreds of billions of dollars uh, into the effort without achieving uh, a clear cut victory. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, uh, something that's endemic to all these battles, and that is the supply chain. Obviously, we have a great dependency on Taiwan for computer chips. We have a great dependency on China for uh, 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 ingredients related to drugs and medical supplies. You've talked a lot about reinvigorating the supply chain, redomesticating it here. What are some of the key points that you need to achieve to put America back, not only on a manufacturing renaissance, but on a much more reliable supply chain? Yeah, I mean, look, you're going to have to tilt policy in a way that incentivizes the reshoring of the supply chain. And every element of the supply chain may not necessarily need to be uh, in, in the continental United States, but you want the supply chain to be something uh, that is not going to be subjected to hostile uh, countries. And we don't want to rely on hostile countries for things that really matter. Uh, so you use a series of incentives. You'll change behavior, migrate more of that into the United States and or to friendly nations. And then if we end up having a world crisis, uh, the supply chain will continue to, to operate right now. If there were somehow a worldwide conflict and China was on the other side of us, we literally would have to go to China and ask them to sell us stuff so that we could turn around and potentially what? Wage war against China? I don't think that that's going to work. Um, I think they have an enormous amount of leverage over us. And I think that part of it goes back to many decades ago when the elites in D.C. did the most favored nation status and put China in the World Trade Organization. We were made a lot of promises on that, that China was going to become more democratic. That didn't happen. They said that that would give us a framework to be able to police Chinese theft of our intellectual property. That sure hasn't happened. Uh, they talked about it would strengthen American manufacturing because we would make things and sell to China. Instead, China has really absorbed a lot of manufacturing. So all none of that stuff uh, really panned out. China doesn't abide by any of the rules. Uh, we don't have... Uh, you know, free trade or fair trade with China at all. They, they eat our lunch. So we have to reevaluate all those things and re-incentivize more production in the United States. Yeah. Governor, you have said before that you are not someone who advocates for tariffs. 
So what would a President DeSantis do to ensure that more American jobs are not offshored overseas? And how would you incentivize companies to rebuild supply chains here in the U.S.? Well, I think what I said in that position is to to do just a general global um, tariff would be something that would cause people to pay more and it wouldn't necessarily change the underlying behavior. So uh, I would strategically use uh, impost tariffs and duties, but I would couple that with incentives, whether tax or regulatory incentives for the behavior to shift to the United States. So for example, there are certain things that only China makes. And so if you put a tariff on it, it'll raise the price of that. But then the question is, is that going to be enough to where it spurs investment in the United States? Or are you going to need to do more? And I think you likely would have to do more to be able to make it economical to bring that activity in the United States. If you don't do that, then what ends up happening is you're actually incentivizing people to move production out of the United States to get away from the increase, from the impost and the duties. And so I think you gotta do it smartly. I think you gotta do it strategically, but I would use all those tools uh, in order to get more industry in the United States and protect us from China's yolk. All right, folks, more with our exclusive interview with Ron DeSantis, Florida governor and GOP 2024 presidential candidate right after these messages. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch. Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Sir, uh, another key component is the education system, particularly in the, in the battle to keep, keep supremacy over China. There are three big components that always come up, teachers' unions, uh, the woke education system in the college, and the inability for uh, many Americans who don't want to go to college to find the right trade path to get into high-paying trade jobs. Tell us about how you would deal with all three of those. Well, the good news is, is I'm the only guy in America that's actually dealt with all three of those. So um, we enacted universal school choice when I became uh, governor. We now have more school choice than anywhere in the country. We beat the teachers unions on that. Uh, When I made sure schools were open during COVID, the teachers union fought me, sued me. I beat the teachers union on that. And then most recently, I signed legislation paycheck protection for teachers so that teachers unions cannot do automatic deduction of union dues. If someone wants to join the teachers union, they write the check and they hand it over. But they what the unions do, they give you a consent form, you sign it, and then they just take what they want out of your paycheck. Uh, But it's harder for people to police it when it's an automatic debit. So we have won the battle in Florida 
um, against the school unions. And I don't think anyone else in the country has been able to do that. Second, wokeness and education. You have K-12 and universities. We eliminated critical race theory in our K-12 through schools. We eliminated gender ideology and fought and beat Disney in that policy fight to make sure that they're not injecting things like transgenderism into elementary school classrooms. It's very important that you take those stands. We've also doubled down and advanced more American civics in our K through 12 schools. I actually have a program for teachers. They get a $3,000 bonus if they go through a 50 hour course that talks about the founding of the country. And we have scholars from Hillsdale and Heritage and all these great places talking about how America came to be the intellectual roots of America from the Judeo-Christian tradition to the Enlightenment, British common law, everything you think. It's been a huge success, uh, but it's it's equipped the teachers with stuff that most colleges are not going to give them that information. So we stepped up there. For higher education, we've reoriented our universities away from being indoctrination centers to being about the pursuit of truth and preparing our students to be citizens of the republic. Now in Florida, all tenured professors must undergo review every five years and can be let go for poor performance. We also took a liberal arts college, public liberal arts college in Sarasota called New College. It was like a Marxist commune, like left of the left. And I'm just thinking to myself, why is Florida taxpayers funding this? So I put seven conservatives on the board of trustees They fired the president, hired a conservative president. They eliminated CRT and DEI. They abolished the gender studies department and they recast the university mission to be the nation's top publicly funded classical liberal arts college like Hillsdale College. So we now have people all across America. Families are trying to get their kids into new college in Sarasota because they've seen we've recruited strong faculty. We've gotten rid and cycled out a lot of the old guard faculty. And it's interesting, the media will say things like, oh, well, um, uh, there's a brain drain at a new college. 20 professors you know, in the last six months have left. And I'm just thinking to myself, well, wait a minute. If you have a professor of intersectional Marxism leaving Florida, that is not a loss for Florida. That is a gain for Florida. And we're definitely doing well. So we, I think, are probably the only, I'm probably the only one in the country that is actually reclaiming these institutions Uh, for their traditional mission and telling the political left, this is these institutions just aren't silly putty in your hands uh, to do whatever you want with any of that. Then finally, on vocational, uh, we have uh, gone from we were 30th in the country vocational. We're on the path to be number one by 2030, which is my campaign promise. And we do certifications in high school, and we start the vocational in middle school now. So we have students graduating Florida high schools with certifications in welding, in aircraft maintenance, in electrical. We went from producing 600 truck drivers a year before I became governor to 3,500 truck drivers a year. Uh, Very important for logistics. A four-year brick and ivy university is one way you can be successful, but it's not the only way. And it's not the best way for many people. And so we've been very strong on saying that this is a great pathway. And it used to be when I was growing up, oh, you got to go to college, otherwise you're not going to be successful. And it was almost like there was a stigma to doing uh, technical, vocational, and skilled skilled trades. 
But I think about it, I'm like, wait a minute, someone gets a certification in welding, they're making 75,000, 80,000 at a high school, probably 100K by the time they get to be in their early 20s. Meanwhile, someone goes to a college, they go 100,000 in debt with a degree in zombie studies, and then they end up in a job they could add at a high school. Who, who made the better choice there? So I think having nationwide vocational education as being something that we're really pushing forward partnering with uh, businesses in the community to do things like apprenticeships will definitely be something that we foster. We're also going to do nationwide school choice because you look at a place like Chicago or you look at a place like Baltimore, those areas, those kids have no shot. Those schools are horrific. They're not going to be able to to do what they need. They're not going to get the skills they need by going through those. The teachers unions run them. If we can provide scholarships and there's ways we could do it, I think through a federal tax credit with corporate tax revenue, uh, that would liberate so many kids from the clutches of leftism and the failures that we've seen. So I think it'll be a really, really good thing. And then finally, on the universities, we're going to use the accreditation and we're going to really break the backs of the accreditation cartel to accredit universities who are actually doing it the right way. You know, part of the reason the universities are where they are, why they have DEI and all these crazy programs is because these accreditors are telling them to do it. So we're going to do the opposite. We're going to say, no, it's not that you must do DEI to get a credit. It's going to be the opposite. We won't accredit you if you're discriminating with DEI, or we won't accredit you if you're focusing on all the ideological studies. That's going to have a sea change into how a lot of these universities, particularly state universities in red states, operate. But that's what you have to do. You really got to get at the bottom, uh, the, the, the uh, first floor basement level of, of seeing how this whole architecture has been developed over many decades. Because we didn't just get here by chance. Uh, there's a reason why we are where we are. And so we're going to go two, three levels deep to be able to fix the problem. Yeah, important. Thank you, Governor. AMAC member David Noonan Uh, from Georgia said that the Trump tax cuts are set to expire in 2025. What plans do you have for overhauling our federal tax code? Well, we clearly aren't going to allow any taxes uh, to go up. I mean, the federal government has been taking in, I think, a record high tax revenue in terms of as a percentage of our GDP. Uh, You think you got to go all the way back to World War II. So we don't have a tax problem we have a spending problem and I'm gonna make sure to protect taxpayers. And we're gonna do like we did in Florida. We cut taxes by record amounts, yet we generated big big budget surpluses and we've paid down almost 25% of our state's total outstanding debt that it had incurred since the inception of of Florida as a state. And the reason we're able to do that is because we had strong growth in our economy. If you look, we haven't had consistent 3% plus growth in an awful long time. You got to get the bureaucracy off the back of the economy. You got to repeal and reverse Bidenomics, but we need to grow more. That's how you, you deal with all the problems with the budget, not through uh, raising taxes. So that'll be, um, that'll be a total non-starter with me. Uh, and we'll make sure that uh, we get taxes as low as possible. Sir, I want to talk a little bit about energy, because energy security is national security. We're seeing that painfully, whether it's Russia, Ukraine, Iran, Israel. Uh, What are the key components to getting American gas prices down, getting energy here, and at the same time, perhaps keeping, uh, you know, those who care about the environment satisfied that we're making some progress in uh, conservation as well? 
So we have more energy reserves here than anywhere in the world. We got to use them. Uh, and so we're going to open up all of our domestic resources for production, federal lands, ANWR, permit the Keystone pipeline. We're going to do all that. That will lower your gas prices. It'll lower energy prices across the entire economy, which will help drive prices for other things down lower because energy permeates everything that's produced in the United States. It'll be good for jobs. It'll be good for our industrial base. We're going to streamline and use emergency powers to accelerate the permitting of energy infrastructure like pipelines. I mean, if we had a pipeline from the Marcellus Shale in Pennsylvania um, to some of the places on the East Coast, we'd be able to export enormous amounts of liquefied natural gas. So all of that stuff uh, would lead us to being the dominant energy producer in this country, in the world, that would strengthen us vis-a-vis -vis China, Russia, Iran, and Venezuela. So I think it's not only a no-brainer for the economy, I think it's a no-brainer for national security. Now, in terms of how environment people think, Florida has had a huge reduction in CO2 emissions in the last uh, five or 10 years. Yet we have no mandates on anything. Uh, why did that happen? Because more power has been generated by natural gas than it used to be generated by coal. Natural gas is a very clean fossil fuel. Now, the environmentalists left, they're opposed to natural gas because they have an ideological opposition to any type of fossil fuel. But if you want to reduce uh, CO2 emissions around the world, using natural gas in lieu of some of the dirtier fuels that are used in the third world and in China and all that, that would have the biggest reduction possible. Now, I'm not somebody that's like Biden that says that somehow, you know, CO2 emissions are worse than a nuclear war, which he said recently. Right. Um, and I'm all about producing and we're going to do that uh, because I think the left uses the idea of, of global warming and climate change as a pretext to do what they are, what they want to do anyways, which is control us and control our economy. So I'm not in that camp. But but even if you are in that camp, producing our own natural gas here is the most practical way to ensure that people have reliable energy in the cleanest way possible. We are not going to be able to power this country or power the world on windmills. We're just not going to be able to do it. So I think Biden's policy of this Green New Deal uh, will be a total disaster if he's allowed to let that thing continue for the next five or 10 years. I'm going to come in. I'm going to reverse his energy policies, and we will be energy independent and energy dominant. Thank you. Now, just over a year ago, the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. This protected the lives of mothers, their unborn children. And that's such an important issue to so many people, especially Christians like me. Uh, so many Republicans, sir, they back down on the issue because pollsters say it's a losing issue. How do you think Republicans should approach the life issue in 2024? I think you should do it like like you should do every issue is uh, stand on principle, stand for what you believe and, and articulate what you believe. So uh, I've been somebody in Florida. We've enacted strong pro-life protections. We enacted a heartbeat bill, uh, which protects uh, life when there's a detectable heartbeat. And it's something that passed with strong majorities of our legislature here in Florida. You've seen other states like South Carolina and Iowa do similar other states throughout the Southeast have also enacted really strong pro-life protections. And uh, I think that, you know, obviously there's different opinions on this issue in terms of uh, how Americans writ large feel about it. But the most unpopular position to take to the extent these Republicans are looking at like polls 
is the Democrats' position, which is you can have abortion all the way up until the moment of birth, and they think that that's fine. Now, the media will typically run interference for that and say, oh, no, 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 no one's advocating that. But if you ask any of these leading Democrats, where is the point where there is legal protection, pro-life protection for the child, they will not give you a point at which they would support there to be protections. And you have people like Kamala Harris, they hem and haw about it. And so that is something that is really grotesque. You don't have civilized, other civilized countries entertaining something like that. So Republicans need to go on offense against the Democrats' extremism on this issue, because a lot of Americans don't necessarily know how extreme the Democrats are. We know the media will run interference for them on that, but that doesn't relieve us of our responsibility to hit back when they're hitting us. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Back with more with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis in a few seconds. Hey, remember, if you want to join AMAC and say thank you for making this town hall series possible, the weekly AMAC Wednesdays possible, right now you can get a five-year AMAC membership for a mere $35. How do you do that? You go to amac.us, amac.us slash town hall. And honor this town hall that you're listening to, you'll get a five-year membership for $35. That will pay for itself in a few weeks just from the discounts you get at AMAC. All right, a little bit more with Ron DeSantis, our last segment right after these messages. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Governor, we got a couple minutes left. I want to ask you quickly about those who live in urban areas where crime, blight, economic opportunity has for decades malingered uh, despite Democratic promises every two years. Oh, we're going to take care of you this time. What's the key argument you make to those African-American, Hispanic voters that have lived in these areas for a long time? Why should they look at you? Why should they look at Republicans for the first time? Well, I think I, I give you four things. One, we're going to get the economy back. Uh, the inflation is killing people all across the country, but particularly uh, people in urban areas where things are more expensive. Uh, we'll restore the American dream. Second, the border uh, you are seeing massive numbers of illegal aliens uh, go into these cities. It's creating huge problems in New York City and other places. I'm going to end that invasion, uh, and we will bring the border issue to a conclusion once and for all. Three is crime. Uh, I am going to use the Justice Department to go after these George Soros-funded prosecutors who let the inmates run the asylum and don't prosecute very dangerous people. Those voters, mostly Democrat voters in those urban areas, they're the ones that are the victims of these policies. And so there'll be a new sheriff in town and we're going to make sure we restore the rule of law. And then finally, education. We are going to do nationwide universal school choice. 
Uh, that's going to liberate uh, a lot of families in urban areas from failing school systems, and it will give their kids a lifeline to be able to have a better future. So we're actually offering something that would be new, that would have a strong impact on their daily lives in a positive way, whereas the Democrats, they're just offering more of the same. Yep. We've got what, time for one more question. I'm going to defer to my amazing co-host for that. Thank you so much, Governor. A final question that I have for you. In 2020, AMAC members chose Donald J. Trump as their man of the year. In 2022, they nominated you as man of the year. Can you explain to our listeners why you would be the best president of the United States in 2024? Well, a couple of reasons. One is I'm the only one running for office that served our nation in the military, and I'd be the first president elected since 1988 uh, who's actually served in a war overseas. I think that shows that I had a lot of opportunities to make a lot of money as a young man. Uh, I volunteered to serve uh, in the Iraq conflict. Uh, so I, I'm someone that puts service above self, and I think we need that restored to the White House. Second thing is I'm a dad of a 6'5 and a 3-year-old. My wife and I we live these issues about parents' rights, about education, uh, about the future of the economy and the American dream. It's personal to us. We're working hard because we want to leave to our kids and grandkids uh, a life better than what we had. Um, and then I'm the only one running 100% of what I promised I would do as governor of Florida. I delivered on all of those promises. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of talk over the years, and that's great. But we now is the time to actually get the job done. I also think it's important that we nominate somebody who has a proven track record of strong political success. And if you look at what we've done in Florida, uh, I was able to, to win uh, by margins that nobody thought were possible through strong leadership. We turned Florida from a swing state into a red state. Uh, and that was because of all the great work that we've done. We have to win this election. We can't. We're not getting a mulligan on it. We don't want to be in a situation where there's recriminations uh, about, you know, what's going on. I will get the job done and bring home the victory. Uh, and then also we need somebody who's going to be able to serve those two full four-year terms. I mean, one of the things I look about President Trump's tenure, he made a lot of uh, great policies. But the minute Biden came in, he reversed almost every policy uh, that Donald Trump had done. And I think a two-term, eight-year president, all those good policies will stick so that if there is a Democrat after eight years, they're not just going to be able to come in and undo everything. I think that's the lesson of President Reagan. Reagan's presidency really outlived his eight years in office because he came in, he made fundamental change, and he was able to get that change to stick over two terms, a full eight years as president of the United States. Governor, a lot of times Americans say a modern politics is not that good because it's all sound bites and tweets, but it really isn't. And you just showed us in the last hour what substance and ideas really mean. We're really grateful for all the time you spent with us. And uh, on behalf of AMAC, on behalf of Just the News, and of course, on behalf of Real America's Voice, I want to thank you for the time you spent tonight. And thanks to all the AMAC members. We got a lot of great AMAC members in Florida that I've worked with over the years. You guys got a lot of great people uh, at the grassroots level. Well, we're, Thank you, sir. Yeah, we're greatly honored to have you on. Uh, and we'll be sure to get you on again real soon. Thank you, sir. What a great interview we just finished with uh, Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida. I want to bring in my amazing co-host, Rebecca Weber, the CEO of AMAC. Rebecca, there are so many places to go. That was a very, very substantive interview. Uh, the one that struck me, that he has a very clear vision for reshaping government. I think he put a new number out there. I haven't heard this said before. 50% of jobs in Washington are either gone or moved out to the states. Uh, that was a pretty big moment in the interview, no? 
I thought that was really interesting and and probably much needed here. I mean, he's got a vision for our country, and I am so thankful that he joined us for this incredible discussion. Uh, There are so many pressing issues, John, that are facing America, and I want to thank all of our great AMAC members who sent us questions for this town hall. Really was great. Yeah, in fact, one of those questions, the the question on Ukraine came from an AMAC member, and I thought we got a really uh, key answer. You you heard the governor say at one point, listen, the the borders aren't going to shift, Muff, no no matter how much more this war goes on. It's time to get a peace agreement. That was a pretty big moment in the interview as well. I think the majority of AMAC members and likely the majority of mature Americans would agree with that statement. I mean, it's something that needs to be addressed, can't go on forever. We need a clear vision and a picture for the future. We also need to make sure that we're taking care of America right here. And that was really what his point was. We've got to take care of American citizens. And I I loved uh, what he said on the border wall. The border wall is so important to so many people that we have have a border wall. Right now, we don't, John. There is no border wall. So his his ideas to tackle that, uh, and, and he's very uh, unafraid to say that he's going to go down and, and make sure that, that folks are not crossing. Interesting to see that he's taking such a strong stance, but I think very much needed. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, and I think people now understand that every state has become a border state because of the Joe Biden policies. That was a fairly large moment. And I think uh, a lot of heads were probably nodding in the audience as they were listening to him. Uh, another place where I found a lot of substance, in fact, it was maybe his longest and most detailed answer, is his a plan, and it was a four-tier plan, to address education from uh, failing schools and school choice to woke universities. Uh, he's got a lot of experience, and he sort of translates the Florida experience into how he would do it in America, starting with getting rid of the Department of Education. How do you think AMAC members are going to respond to his education plans? You know, John, uh, we poll our members each and every year for them to choose their man or person of the year. In 2022, they voted Ron DeSantis. And I believe this is precisely why. I mean, he's got an incredible track record, right? He's done a lot in Florida. Our members see that. We've got a lot of members in Florida. They see what what he's done, what he's accomplished. But, you know, uh, Americans, I think, in all 50 states are fed up with this wokeism that's being, uh, it's creeping into every, every area of American society. It's in our corporations. It's in our school districts. It's everywhere, everywhere we turn. So he's got some real solutions to push back against wokeism in America. No surprise that he uh, ex- expects to take that. If he is uh, president, that he, he really, that's a major issue for him. And I applaud him for that, as do our members. All right, folks, thanks for tuning in to the Sunday Brunch Edition. A big thank you to AMAC and Rebecca Weber for joining me in a great town hall interview with Governor Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, the 2024 presidential candidate. A lot of substance, a lot of thoughts there. Be sure to check out justthenews.com. We got you all covered on the news from the Israeli-Gaza war, the Ukraine-Russia war, and all the drama going on on Capitol Hill and in Washington, D.C. You can also download the Just the News apps from the Apple and Android store. Show your support that way and get three different ways to consume Just the News content. You can watch, you can read, and of course, you can listen to this podcast right at your fingertips. All right, folks, we'll be back Monday tomorrow with more programming. Until then, God bless you and have a great night. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience 
and exclusive member-only access to events. And you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey.